Hello, and welcome to Native Awakenings. Today, I'm so pleased to share a wonderful conversation that I've had with Andreas. Andreas is a dear friend of mine. He's also a DJ, an astrologer, a breathwork practitioner. He's very multifaceted in all of the avenues that he likes to explore. You can find some of his incredible soundscapes and mixes on SoundCloud at DJ space A-L-O-S-O, DJ Aloso. That'll be in the show notes where you can find and boogie groove down to Andreas's wonderful music. I'm so happy to share this conversation with you all. Within it, we talk about the breath, Buddhist philosophy, sound, music, feelings. We just go all over the place in a really beautiful and organic way, as similar our conversations do tend to go whenever I have one with Andreas. <laughs> I'm really excited to share this conversation with you all. If you want to support the podcast, you can do one kind act. Really? That's it. Don't tell anyone about it. Just do it. Just do something kind and loving for someone that you know, or even a stranger. That's bonus points. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. This is Andreas. Detachment versus non-attachment. Cool. What? Yeah, that's awesome. We'll have to talk about more breathwork journeys and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad you like that. Yes. I'm so happy you asked because I know so many, but I don't often get to do them with someone and it's a powerful practice to do with Greg, people. What? <laughs> Don't be saying stuff like that. We should have been out in nature eating mushrooms like this whole summer. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I want. Yeah. Ooh, that's so cool. That's a big beautiful truth that I think has been recent in my self-discovery lately is like going back to the breath and quite honestly, like simplifying myself a little bit more and not thinking of terms where it feels like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Or is this, should I, what should I be doing this or should I not be doing this? But actually dropping more into my body and recognizing like what feels right for you right now and stepping out of that space of any sort of judgment, but more so an acceptance and just seeing that it either feels right or it doesn't. And so with that being said, I feel like oftentimes it's so easy to call out our shadows, right? Like we might act out of a shadow or something might trigger us. And that awareness that comes in, whether it's anger or sadness or anything that's a shadow, you recognize it. And it's like, well, okay, steer away from there. Yeah. There becomes this idea that you steer away from the shadows because you know what that energy brings. But in order to do that, sometimes I feel like it's so easy to create identities around what we could do to feel better whether it's like we become runners we become yogis we become yeah. these things and yeah. then therefore it develops a practice and now you know that you have a practice to go to if ever you start to feel triggered so it's a beautiful relationship you end up building with yourself but what i've been thinking about lately is like okay how can you return back to your bases even more so than that what is your grounding agent right now andreas because Lately, I've, I've, I'll be honest, I have been kind of shying away more from the things that would normally bring me some sense of peace, like such as oh, yeah. astrology or tarot or like okay. these things that I have felt so passionate about for so long. Lately, I've been kind of taking some space from those things so that I can get to the core of what makes me who I am? What are my values? What are the things that make my soul feel good? How do I explore those things as opposed to stepping into a role of some sort that brings me comfort. How do I step into myself even deeper? And so when I think about that, it's like nature, the elements, like that is astrology actually. So it's like mm -hmm. not studying the astrology itself is almost creating the space for me to engage with the astrology even that much more because I'm stepping out more into those realms. I'm understanding those elements. I'm seeing those dynamics. And so I thought about breath. And I thought how interesting oh. it is that to breathe is by far the most 
extraordinary thing that we as humans can do or any species but like that we as a consciousness can do we can breathe through this body so so much as there is emotions that we feel in this body so much as there is like muscles to gain in the physical or like spiritual awareness to gain all these functions of body mind and spirit seem to come together through breath when you think about it because once the breath stops in the body, then all those other functions no longer can regulate. So the breathing is what ties it in, the prana. And yeah, of course we know these things, but how often do we take breathing for granted? Every day. (laughs) Right? You know, throw in a fire and you might be like, holy shit, the smoke is really bad. I miss breathing. But on a regular basis though, think about how often breathing can be dysregulated or not thought of. And it really does embody you into yourself that much more when you can focus on your breathing or notice not even focus but notice whether your breathing has become irregular Mm. notice if your breathing has fastened or shortened or Mm. are you breathing in from the diaphragm or are you breathing in through your chest it's like Mm. breathing is your constant check-in back to the present reality regardless of anything and so i've been thinking about that i'm like wow that can be my new anchor right now for this energy that i'm feeling moving forward i want to be more embodying my own presence i want to embrace all the emotions i want to sit with them and honor them and how do i do that i breathe through it i gotta start breathing more consciously and so breathing has opened up to me in a way where like i know there's so many experts out there and people that really value this passion of teaching others how to be more conscious in their breathing and i honor all of those people because they're onto something (laughs) honestly (laughs) like yeah but instead of allowing myself to get overwhelmed with well how am i going to learn breathing exercises or like where do i allow for that to become a thing that's where i'm allowing my presence to kind of take the awareness of i don't need to make this a thing it's actually something that happens all day long Mm -hmm. so let's just sit with that and just go back to the basics of breathing You said a couple of really great things that I want to touch on. I love how you paint a picture of how we find our practices. You mentioned at the beginning of this that you have this this wound or something that you're running away from or something that you're trying to heal, and you find your practice to help you cope with those feelings that are coming up, whether it's a wound or something good. You find your practice. I never thought of my practice like that before until you mentioned it. But the practice was of at least yoga that I'm speaking of helped me get more comfortable with my body. I connected that. I knew that truth before. But hearing that the practice was what kind of helped me deal with those emotions, I've never thought about it in the way that you presented it before, which I think is really cool. And I also really like how you mention how you're not going back to something that feels comfortable. So... Normally, you'd be going to astrology right now, maybe looking at a chart, what's going on in the planets. (laughs) But instead of taking that huge, really important bird's eye view, you're being really present. You're seeing the transits almost on an instantaneous basis rather than an expanded period of time basis. And it sounds like instead of now looking, you're interacting. So a couple of things you said, which is really cool. And then I love how you mentioned the breath. I didn't know we were going to be talking about that. That's so cool. I'm for it. Yes, let's do it. A lot of what I've learned throughout my years is like honoring the expansion and the contraction. The polarities that are more parallel than they are intersect. I feel like a lot of times the energy of two of this or that can become associated to a more negative connotation of like duality or Mm. good or bad or right or wrong and light and shadow. And like I said, I've always been drawn to this energy of two because I feel like that space between those two is where the gradient lies in so many different layers of beauty and complexities. And it's like, however more you lean to either end of the spectrum, there's still a middle space there. And I feel like in honoring that, I think I can honor myself more in my contraction periods and in my expansion periods there. Some might look at that as introvert, extrovert. I think we're a combination of them all. Therefore, it's like there are moments where I do feel more expansive, where I know that I'm going to receive a realization somewhere out in the world, whether it's out on a trail or out being social or just connecting to my close dear friends. But then there's times where it's like, no, this is an introverted process. I got to sit with myself for a little while and enjoy that, enjoy that relationship that I'm able to get with myself. So with that, I started 
branching into a different rabbit hole of, okay, thoughts and the intellectual sides of myself and the emotional sides of myself and the physical sides. And you can kind of, well, I'll speak for myself. I can kind of start to see what I would do in a situation where if I'm feeling very emotional, like where do I seek comfort? Where do I seek love? Where If I'm feeling fatigue, how does my body seek some sort of repair? Is it through sleep? Is it through a run? Is it through exercise? And then if my mind goes to a place that was making me feel uneasy, what do I do in that intellectual state to bring myself back? I can read a book. I can. So all these different compartments of myself, I started recognizing that over time, you build a relationship with yourself in those areas. You learn that you actually do love running or you learn that you actually do love painting because it does something for your emotional creative side. And you learn all these beautiful things. And then I started thinking about, wait, what about breathing, though? How is it that that somehow falls into its own category to go into that realm and to explore the depths of what breath is? It's what's keeping us alive. It's so interesting. With that breath, we're able to feel emotions. With that breathing, we're able to become creative. With that breathing, we're able to run miles or lift weights. Like everything else we can do, but it starts in the most simple things, such as breath. And how is that the one thing that I, I maybe have overlooked all these years? Like knowing that it's a big part of stuff, it's the one constant that continues while you're asleep, while you're awake, while you're stressed, while you're happy. (laughs) It's like your best friend. (laughs) And if you don't have that breath, it's unfortunate because your body will feel those effects like Mm -hmm. instantly. Yeah. Breathe. There's a quote that I like in yoga and it says that breathe and everything changes. And it's true because you're expanding or contracting in a different way. I, I would quote who says it, but I don't know. So you have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. But the breath is so vitally important. It is the constant. And by us consciously shifting and ushering it and helping it, it can't help us shift from those states, as you mentioned, from stress even into happiness. I want to know how you view the breath in terms of you're a DJ. I absolutely mm. love your music. I love your flows and just how you. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm saying this as someone who plays your music to my plant so that they can benefit too. Because <laughs> I, I love want, that. Yeah. Yeah. I want There's a lot cool. of tribally jungle vibes. So those plants yeah. are definitely loving it. <laughs> yeah. I, really, I thank you for that. And for myself too, I also love it. So how do you. Do you consider breath when you're even making music or how has that journey been for you of composing sound and having people move with that? Mm. I feel like the more and more that I sit with this beautiful relationship that I feel is like on the verge of being created with music and with my breath, actually, because now that I have that again as an anchor, I'm so grateful that the breath has emerged into my life as of recently as being a constant reminder to ground myself and to anchor Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And so every time I'm doing anything now, like I'm constantly reminding myself to check back with my breathing. Mm -hmm. And so in the middle of a DJ set, if I'm feeling my heart racing, because I'm feeling anxious, because I know that what I have in mind to play next, is going to be this awesome track. I'm nervous because I'm like, oh my God, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. And so then I can feel my heart literally beating through my chest. And I'm like, Andreas, just breathe right now. And I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) And then I'll breathe and drop the track and everyone's dancing. And I'm like, yeah, I did it. So it's a huge reassurance. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. I like that. It's a nice just calming station when you're in that flow because you there is a ton of energy in your sets and in some of them, at least some are really chill and calming and relaxing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're DJing for an event and to get people amped up, I can yeah. see why you need little grounding steps in there. Yeah, for sure. Music has been a, a huge teacher for me mm-hmm. since I've been picking it up this year specifically. I've always known as a kid that I was drawn to the arts and I was a very visual artist growing up and used to paint and do murals and all this cool shit. But I really loved, um, <laughs> you can curse. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I 
really loved all these colors and like visuals but I was always a dancer. Like you'll see videos of me as a child in my diapers, like bumping up and down, dancing all the time. Really? And yeah, my mom was a huge dancer too. And she'd always be like, come dance with me. And I'm like four years old, five years old and running over there. But music recently has resurfaced so many awesome realizations. I was driving on my way to a party that I was going to DJ for a small gathering for some friends in his yard and it was really awesome and I was so excited and I'm driving there and that whole morning I had been downloading music that I have not thought of for years. I mean, my friend's party was going to be a good time so I was going to uh -huh. make sure to bring back some beats from like the 90s, the 2000s uh -huh. and there was like a lot of reggae, dance hall, Ooh. really fun stuff that you would normally dance to all the time back then and they're all within my same age group so we're having this fun time and I'm thinking about all these tracks and like when's the last time I heard them and what kind of a memory they had and like whoa that song was from 97 I remember that year and like just having all these personal intimate moments with myself yeah. and then I started realizing like whoa the reason why I love music so much is because it forces me into a place of non-judgment it's not until I'm there blending these two tracks that I just thought to put together in that moment that I get to realize that music is almost timeless when that song, when that track was created, when it was composed, when it was produced, when it was worked on, there was emotion, there was passion, there was intention, inspiration, there was idea, there was something driving that track into existence. And once it was created, it was released during a certain time where you either resonated with it or you didn't. And it, it grabbed people's attention, whether it was for the beat or for the lyric or for the, the, the voice that was in the track but then it then holds a memory and it holds an association which you can have you know a sad association to or a happy association to doesn't matter the point is the song holds an energy and for me i was like reliving certain tracks and certain emotions and certain memories that i haven't thought of since then and so here i am in this present reality resurrecting this track from who knows when that maybe I once judged because I thought it was silly. But now in this moment, I'm having the opportunity to blend it and to neutralize it and to redistribute it out into the world with a brand new intention. It's like I'm becoming like this wizard and this alchemist and blending in what in music has been my influence. And it's without judgment. It's with so much love and respect for what has been done up until this point. And I get to play around with that now. So mm -hmm. if I like the vocals of this song, but the beat of that one, here's my opportunity to blend those two timelines together and create something new that's so raw and in the moment. And you probably wouldn't think of those two tracks going together. And you're like, whoa, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I remember that song and it's like, I trust in my music library, I guess, at that point, that whatever I'm downloading and putting out there is music and energy that is being released back out with a new intention. Wow. That's a transformative journey from hearing a song at its origin point. It has an effect on you. It has an association, depending on what you're going through the time that you hear it, to resurrecting that track, playing it again with this new understanding and new even consciousness acceptance. yeah <laughs> acceptance of it and seeing that non-judgment of that time and now what does that song mean to you so whoa wow music really can do that because there are some songs that i'll play that just snap me right back to oh when i was living at this house or something like that right or people or friends i was with so yeah whoa yeah and whoa. it's almost like you get to heal different timelines as well mm -hmm. you know and because like we're constantly growing we're constantly evolving the memories that we have are gonna shift as well and hopefully into the direction of more gratitude because i think that's what's been happening for me over the years it's like even what were some sad memories that i've had in the past as I get older, I learn to step more into the gratitude of those things even happening because they are what brought me to where I am right now, thinking back in retrospect even. So I had a relative that passed earlier this year and it, he was more of like a brother than he was my cousin. And it's interesting, he was a huge influence on my music growing up. And I didn't realize that until I was starting my DJing stuff and like building a track list and having music in my library. And I would oftentimes, like right before he passed too, I would 
think to myself like man what was that song that never used to play all the time and i would just remember those memories of hanging out with him and he would just play different music all the time and as a kid you know it's not like you you have an app that you can just press a button and it tells you what song it is it's like i was digging deep in that memory bank thinking of my cousin and oddly enough he passed away like shortly after that and i must have been feeling like getting closer to him in that sense. And so I wasn't able to go back to New York and be there for the funeral or anything like that. I've been far away from everyone for a while. And with this year, travel has just not been an option. So I was like, man, what can I do that I I feel is going to give me a way to connect with my cousin? And I downloaded all those tracks that reminded me of him and I did like a 45 minute set with just all of his favorite songs Um, and sure there's a lot of them on there that are like you know really crazy really like old times Uh like you listen to it and it gets a little funky up in there but it didn't matter to me like I wasn't judging the tracks for what the tracks were I was doing it with so much love in my heart for my cousin that I put together that set and I sent it to my family and I was like hey like I just made this thinking of Nevi, you know, so, you know, enjoy it. And like, it got so many plays and it got sent out to all of his friends and all of his college friends and all his coworkers. And like, I was having people messaging me out of nowhere, like, man, you really channeled in your cousin's energy with that track. Like, I felt like I was dancing with him right at that moment. And that made me feel so good that I was like able to connect with him in that spirit of music, which until that happened, I didn't even realize how much he influenced my Spanish Latin roots with a lot of like the reggaeton and the salsa and all the stuff that was coming out in those days like all that music I learned because he was a big influence on it so Mm -hmm. it was very interesting whoa whoa Connecting to your hair through Nevi and having that influence on your music music is does tell a story so do you tell a story of your lineage and heritage with your music even now sort of more of that? And I'm sorry to hear about your cousin mm-hmm. um, now that he is in the, the next dimension. Mm-hmm. I've been so inspired with Latin inspired music at the beginning of this whole thing. I would probably consider myself a tribal house lounge DJ. Like I like Ooh. really loungy music, but I like it to be tribal and like, uh-huh. like I like, making it seem as if you're somewhere in the jungle in Brazil or Costa Rica somewhere, just like on a hammock, mm. listening to something that just sounds good. And then you get the sudden energy to get off of your hammock and start dancing on the beach. Like that's the vibe I'm going for. Nice. Maybe a little twerking here and there. Cause you know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes that part comes out, but it's mostly, yeah. Like tribal Latin inspired house. There is some edginess that comes in sometimes with you know, maybe some like hip hop kind of a beat, R&B kind of flavor. Because growing up in New York City, I was in that culture for a big chunk of my life, too, which inspired so much of like the graffiti, the art, the fashion, the the edginess that comes with New York, you yeah. know, like that raw creativity that's very in your face. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll throw a little bit of that in there sometimes to so just, you know, be mindful. But DJing has become like my black book of art, you know, instead of doing tags and cartoons and graffiti in the back of my notebooks, like I'm putting in mixes that represent who I've been throughout all these years and these journeys that I've taken and combining them into one. And I also love to incorporate a lot of who I'm becoming. That's the other part of it. It's like, there's so much that's from the past, so much that's from the present and so much of what I'm becoming. The amount of music that's being created constantly by all these creative people, there's so much music out there that there's newness and new creativity that's coming in. And I'm leaning a lot into like Indian inspired Arabic house tracks sometimes. I've been listening to like French kind of rap sometimes. Like there's just all these different things that come in and truly it just comes down to the frequency of it and if it's like okay i vibe with this i like it i can dance to it yeah let's put it together and it just happens (laughs) wow well i love dancing to your mixes i love listening to your mixes so they tell a story to me and i've been really enjoying them they're amazing nice i love i love watching you dance to all the tracks yeah i dance like i've never i've done a couple of definitely a good handful of ecstatic dances and i love moving my body with community but when your music came on 
I don't normally spin as much as I do, like <laughs> just, and yours had me just spinning and it was just amazing. I love that you say that. I've noticed that whenever I go over to a friend's house or like I get invited somewhere uh-huh. and if ever I'm taking off my shoes, which is normally when I enter someone's house, yeah. the socks on like the floor sometimes. I'll, yeah. Normally when people aren't looking, I just do a huge spin in the middle of their living room. <laughs> Or in their kitchen, yeah. a lot in the kitchen, and yeah. I'll just like start spinning around. And then they turn around, I'm like, hey. <laughs> I love that that's what you got yeah. from hearing yeah. my music. It's so funny. It was just joy. It was really joy. Like it had my it had my primal energy it come out, it had my inner child come out, it had all parts of me come out and just play. And, mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love exploring those those areas within ourselves that we get to see the balance and the contrast between like the soft and the hard edges or the lightness and more of those shadows. Like I said, I think sometimes it can be very easy to just get caught up in either or, but returning to that center space of just being like, okay, I'm a culmination of all of those things. And right now, what is it that I want to embody? And recognizing that frequency and stepping into it And with art and stuff, like I've always loved really pretty colors blending and then like that hard black outline just to like bring it all together. Like when I was getting into fashion earlier in school too, when I thought about doing it, like at that time I was so drawn to fabrics that were floral with leather, you know, and like, like, (laughs) you know, like something very earthy, but then something completely grungy to go with it just to show those textures and with music, it happens too. It's like very in the moment and depending on what I'm feeling and it sounds good. And then sometimes my sets take a sharp turn and it gets really earthy and grounding, kind of like a more of a darker sound. But then it's in those moments where you're like, huh, that's interesting. Why am I judging this one as dark? Like it's Ooh. just setting me up for another light beat to come after that. And so going through those spaces as a DJ is really fun because it's, for me, it's very impromptu. I don't plan anything out. I just, I feel the tempo that I'm aiming for and then I just work from there. So a lot of the sets will be very fusioned with different cultures, different sounds, different voices. And sometimes it might seem like it doesn't go together, but I have to find a way to somehow make it blend. So it works, I guess. (laughs) Wow, just on the spot combining tracks, wow. That's incredibly fluid and you have to be really gifted to know the library that you're working with to know which songs will do such a thing. And I think that's really respectful to the spaces in which you DJ in because I can see benefits in both ways. But if you're coming in there with a blank slate, with feeling the energy, reading it and creating a track, that sounds so compassionate and thoughtful for a DJ to do for a space because what if those people are really feeling not like jumping up and down what if they want to like a glide more and groove more for sure yeah for sure so instead of coming with hey this is what i want you to feel you are asking your audience by the energy and then playing something cater that's so talented (laughs) oh my i've I've had people like give me a playlist and like these are the tracks that i want to hear and like they would normally never be tracks that i would listen to Uh or that i even know and I'm just like, okay, I'll make it work. Just to challenge myself, though, because I'm like, how well am I going to blend this genre of music? It's not my usual, but I'll figure it out. And that there is where a lot of the passion comes into to wanting to be creative. I don't know these tracks. I don't know what kind of vibe that they're going for, but whatever, I'll, I'll entertain it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So you can do both. You can either create your own or people sometimes give you... Because I don't know anything I about DJ. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, no DJ ever wants to go buy someone else's playlist per se. But like for <laughs> yeah. my close friends, like I have taken requests for their parties. Of course, I want them to enjoy themselves. I'm like, hey, any key tracks that you're really digging? And for the most part, a lot of my friends, even if I don't normally listen to what they listen to, they can show me something new and I'm like damn I like this like I trust my friends and their music selection as well yeah so it makes it easier for me to be more kind of versatile and more open in that sense to someone else's stuff gotcha that's that's the other part of enjoying DJing that I've found some inspiration and is like throwing myself in the mix and not even knowing what's going to come out of it (laughs) yeah yeah what am I going to play here yeah (laughs) 
I have a couple of word associations yes. that I'd like to go through with you. We've talked a lot about music here and breath as tools to help us feel our emotions and to tell a story. And when we're telling a story, we're communicating. So I want to know when you hear the word communication, what co do any colors come up? Do any feelings in certain areas of your body come up? Or when you hear the word communication, what, what do you associate? It's a big word that I have a lot of value for. Communication brings me to childhood mm. or initially. It's this feeling of openness. It's this feeling of slight discomfort, shyness, you know, and I think that's why I think childhood. I've learned to value communication as much as I do because of the lack of it having grown up and the ability to have noticed that it was an uncomfortable thing for many people. But in my heart always felt like something that I wanted to speak from. And as a child and being a very shy child, I normally would keep very quiet. But as I got older, I was recognizing the power of my voice and just the beauty of integrity and to be able to speak and communicate. And I feel like when I think of communication, I see all the rainbow, like all the colors in the rainbow within that word, because it's like that spectrum that we were talking about. It's a gradient of so many layers and so many depths that Communication is almost like music. We're composers and we get to use our voice to create music, you know, and sometimes the tone changes or the intention behind the message changes. But we as individuals have this beautiful gift of being able to communicate. And I think the more that we simplify it and allow it to be normalized, that we get to speak about emotion and engage with each other in a way that we get to... Practice. Practice being better communicators. Practice being more comfortable at communicating. It's always going to be this timeless art form that will not go extinct. <laughs> yeah. Unless no one talks to each other, but yeah. I don't know. I could talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It takes you all the way back to childhood. I wasn't expecting that, but seeing how you're now getting what you needed at that vulnerable and open time and how you use and move music to communicate things. That's amazing. Something that just visually I've noticed about you, you have tattoos on your skull, you've got a tattoo <laughs> on your neck, and uh, I have quite a few tattoos as well. You got uh, quite a few. You got a lot, boy. <laughs> you got probably more than I do. I don't know. <laughs> and they're big pieces. Yeah. Like, damn, Greg is ballsy for that one. <laughs> but I want to know from you, because they have, they look like they have a lot of meaning. What do tattoos mean blank to me? Tattoos mean art to me oh. meaning i have i mean whew, i started pretty young i think i was 16 when i got my first tattoo Whoa. and so i knew at that age it wasn't gonna be a masterpiece uh -huh. like i you know i was 16 <laughs> yeah. i wasn't gonna afford that and i knew that i was gonna start seeing this relationship to my body as a piece of art and I, I knew that as an artist myself, that one of the ways to express my art was on myself, you know, being like my hair or the clothes that I wear. But I was also always sketching and drawing and seeing things. And I thought I actually was tattooing for a little bit. I started an apprenticeship oh, and stuff. So I, I was planning on being a tattoo artist at some point in my life. So I think... Having started that young and knowing that like they weren't going to be perfect, I was seeing it as a sketchbook. And I was like, they're going to tell stories and they're going to mean something regardless of how beautiful they end up looking over the years. Yeah. But that's okay because I know what I'm doing and getting myself into. And if anything, there's always a way to cover it up or add on to it and do something yeah. different. So all of my tattoos have all been drawings of my own that I then shared with the artists and they tweaked up to their style a little bit yeah. and then made it. I have a few that I did myself on my legs, like Whoa. on my thighs and stuff, just when I was practicing. But 
I respect when people really want to think about a tattoo and make sure that they find the perfect artist because they want it to just be this very meaningful thing. And that is that is just one way of tattoos. I feel like for me, it's been more of a no judgment on my own body and how I view it by decorating it the way that I saw at the moment being relevant to an energy that I was dealing with in my life. So all my tattoos, I can remember exactly the emotion that I had behind it during that time frame, when I got it, what it was meant for, and how it was intended to create a newness. And it has, actually. There, There's not one tattoo that I have on my body that I regret. No, I love hearing that. That's that's that in Even my the mind. worst one that I did myself. <laughs> <laughs> that in my mind is that it is art, that it, you were present when you made it, and that when you can tell a story, then that's a good tattoo, no matter how it quote unquote visually looks. That's if you enjoy getting it, that's the best thing if it has that message. Yeah. And talk about communication. I mean, like there's times where someone will point out a tattoo and they're like, that one, what does that one mean? And I laugh because I'm like, oh boy, (laughs) that one was when I was this year's old and whatever, this is what I was feeling. But it's funny because as I get older, like I said, my awareness shifts and You know, as we get older, we eventually learn to let go of narratives and maybe lean more into perceptions. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I perceive those stories now as an adult, they're not told with as much sadness as they were when I was 17 or 18 years old. There's not as much heaviness behind it, even if the original intention for the tattoo was to have acknowledged the sad emotion in that time. I can now reclaim that space in how I decide to share the story behind it. The story itself is still very solid in what was its originality, Mm -hmm. but my perception of it has shifted and I've learned to step more into the gratitude of what that story even was because it made me who I am today, you know? Yeah. Even tattoos you use as an alcohol. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, I try, so I try cool. to like use yeah. communication and everything, yeah. I guess. Yeah, wow. <laughs> to relay. Or to, to embody it, to mm-hmm. be present with it, to own it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have another word association for you. When you hear the word sensuality, do you feel that in any certain area of your body? Do you hmm. have any colors associated to it? Wow. Um, sensuality, I feel, invokes this feeling right underneath my sternum so like your third chakra area yeah yeah that's where i feel it Mm -hmm. the most but it's still like a very orangey color as opposed to yellow or a red it's very in the middle Uh (laughs) look at that um (laughs) but (laughs) yeah it's this it's this warmth that i oftentimes lean into when i think about what sensuality means to me. And it's starting to mean invoking this power and this presence within myself, within this vessel that I feel when making something with music or when I am breathing more or when I am allowing myself to feel this unique presence. Sensuality has become this raw expression of who I am that sits within this body that nurtures this body. And it has a lot to do with owning that frequency and trusting in your intuition that I think allows for the sensuality and the feeling of sensuality to be present in all things. It's the relationship dynamic that I have with life. Sensuality is the way that I admire nature, the way that I appreciate music, the way that I am grateful for my friendships, Mm -hmm. the way that I get to experience conversations with within safe spaces. You know, it's the expansiveness and the contraction that goes with being human. And I'm Mm -hmm. realizing that that is true sensuality. That's for me Mm -hmm. is being in relationship with that aspect of myself Mm. and finding the pleasure in that wow i am a yogi so i really discipline my body i'm gonna fast this day Mm. i'm gonna work out i'm gonna work this body and hearing that you can of course i have pleasure in this body as well but i like how you speak on that and that makes me want to communicate in my body 
with a more sensual way hearing your description of it i didn't think of that before so i'm glad i asked that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like you i as well have moments where i do that as well where i'll get this sudden urge to want to just fast for the day because i'm feeling like whoa i ate a lot my body's feeling good i want to use this energy and maybe do something physical and go running or do something like that or do yoga and so it's this the assertive side of ourselves that steps into that ability to create that movement or to to create that discipline which is a very grounding characteristic to have and i feel like the way that i was trying to express sensuality before was in a sense of acknowledging the the nurturing sides of ourselves, you know, that that divine feminine aspect of the playfulness, the pleasure of even finding pleasure in the commitments and in the structures and in the discipline. Because I feel like they can go so beautifully together in, in like complementary opposites. To have that awareness of discernment and discipline in a sense where like you want to stay on top of your goals and you want to be fluid in that yeah but then making it very enjoyable for yourself and maybe shifting it up every now and then seeing how you can lean into expressive dancing as a warm-up for your exercise you know or or like finding interesting ways where you get to move your body in that sense and You know, I like to change up my routes when I go running. Normally, you know, if I'm going to go for a run and if I'm doing it consistently, my mind would just want to do the same track because I know in my head it's three and a half miles and I should be doing it by this time. And so Uh, there's the discipline part. But then if I'm in the moment, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to run for another 10 minutes and go in a different direction and we'll see what kind of a route I end up with. And then to see that route on my phone, I'm like, whoa, that's a cool shape. I've never done that run before. And it it creates this balance of how I get to engage with my sensuality differently. Thank you for that. I like how you gave a a great description of what it looks like. So I'm like, are there any action steps? But seeing, hey, sensuality could be taking a different route because that's going to make your body feel a different way when you're running it. You're not going to be in your mind focused on like, as you were mentioning, the time or my cadence or whatever like that. You're actually going to be really present and noticing what's around you and noticing how you feel in it. So... If you want to you want to get into your sensuality change up your run like yeah, change well, up your flow yeah change up your flow oh cool thank you yeah <laughs> i'm gonna try that out <laughs> i feel Sweet. like it's always fun to do that i've never been one for routine maybe that's why i've always been so like determined to find fun ways to go about routines because routines can sometimes make me nervous because i'm like oh damn i should have been done by now or i could have been doing this it's like no 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 i'm just gonna make it fun how much time do i have an hour great i'll make sure i get this done in that time and like just taking taking little steps there you know to make yeah. it fun <laughs> yeah uh, we're talking about fun and i want to know about your environment so another finish this sentence the environment that uplifts me looks like blank a cozy fall afternoon with laughter and friends and movement and music and feeling the breeze of the wind just reminding us to be present and to be grateful. Yeah, there's usually friends that are involved in an environment that uplifts me. I've learned to really value what it means to build connection and Interestingly enough, I value connection so much that I think this is where communication just naturally becomes a very significant byproduct. Mm -hmm. Because if I am my intention and in my heart am wanting to meet those that create a space of acceptance and love and nurturance for me, Mm -hmm. then I want to embody those things for my friends as well. Mm -hmm. And so environments that have uplifted me have always been those spaces with the people that I love and cherish the most, which are people that I get to have conversations with, that we get to explore interesting dynamics and we uplift each other to just keep looking at life with a grateful spirit and reminding each other to just feel loved because we are. So those two really go hand in hand, I guess. I didn't realize that till now. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Wow. 
it sounds like it's getting to be the environment that uplifts you because it's getting cool. It's getting right. It's nice ball. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, so, yeah. So, oh, that's really great. Well, because like sometimes I was telling you earlier when we get to hang out with people that we love and we trust and we feel really good around, meaning we get to be ourselves around. We don't mm-hmm. have to be filtered. Sometimes when we're in those spaces, we get to speak about things that we wouldn't normally just at the grocery store with someone or on the phone with mom. It's like when you're in those intimate spaces, you finally get to hear yourself say things that you would have normally just had as a thought in your head. Mm -hmm. And sometimes for me, it takes for me to actually have to say something out loud to be like, yeah, you're right. That's awesome, Andreas. Or be like, whoa, that was weird. No, what were you trying to say? You know, but it happens. And, you know, I'm just grateful that I get to be myself unapologetically around my friends and that they know my heart and that they know my intention and they see me and I get to see them in that beautiful vulnerable space where we have been able to develop this deep connection because of how much we value communication and we value integrity and we value support and we value community more than anything. Yeah. So, you know, I think that'll, that'll be a good one for me is the places that uplift me usually involve my friends (laughs) oh that's so beautiful to hear i love hearing that because we're all we're a community we're friends we're here for each other and that is an uplifting space to be in because often within myself and my own experience i can be really self-sufficient like i can do this i can do it myself but having friends makes life so much easier you get a good reflection and then like you're mentioning you also get to hear someone repeat something that you probably gave advice to them and when you hear your own advice given back to you you're like oh (laughs) i have to take that i have to listen to that i have to follow that yeah yeah Yeah. i want to hear about your practices so another finish this sentence is a practice that I do daily or at least weekly is blank. I feel like that one can be answered differently, meaning like what I try to do daily versus what I try to do weekly. Sometimes they complement each other in an interesting way. And sometimes they remind me that I need to do more of the other. Mm. Oh. <laughs> but like daily practices have been returning back to gratitude It sounds so simple, but it's not a physical thing. It's not, it's a very, it's a combination of like mental, emotional, physical, and embodying that in a feeling. And I will do this daily, maybe even sometimes more than once throughout my day, depending on the day itself. But I remind myself to return to gratitude. It's easier, it's easier for me to do it when I'm in bed, right before I go to bed, I try to drift away by trying to remind myself that there are so many things I am grateful for but even throughout the day like say something happens that i'm not really that happy with or i'm i'm sad by that thing itself i see as an invitation to lean into more gratitude Mm -hmm. and so i'll catch myself throughout the day being like all right this doesn't really make sense i don't know why this is happening andreas but you know what just be grateful it's happening it's revealing something maybe what it's revealing is not comfortable but that's okay because this is now your process to just acceptance So in order to accept and just kind of ultimately surrender onto what's going on, you can do so with ease by remaining grateful. And like I said, even if it doesn't make sense, just choosing to remain grateful that whatever is happening is happening because it was meant to be. Otherwise, it wouldn't be happening. It makes it that much easier to return to acceptance. And now you're I'm able to do those both with ease on a weekly basis, hiking for sure, which is one of those things that I said I wish I could do more often, but mm. you know, that doesn't happen all the times. Um, I love to be able to go out at least on one outdoor adventure a week. And whether that adventure can last more than one day would be great, but most times it's like a quick hike out into the wilderness, to gather my thoughts, to digest information. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like how being out in nature reminds you to do those daily practices of gratitude and acceptance. When you're in gratitude and acceptance, you can get out in nature and really enjoy it. But if you haven't been doing that daily practice, then when you're out in nature, it reminds you to do so. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Remembering the elements is always so such an easy reminder for me to remain grateful. 
being near the water, near the ocean, and just like feeling that energy reminds me to be so grateful for my emotions, you know, and mm -hmm. to like embrace them for what they are. Sometimes they are tumultuous and they crash down heavy, but you know what? They are in a current and they're moving and they're flowing and it's beautiful. The earth reminds me to just like remain grateful for everything that we build for our nesting. To have a bed, to have a home, to have family, to have things that make you warm at night when you're cold. Yeah. The winds remind me to, to be grateful for the ability to move, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to like get in a car and drive somewhere if you wanted or to put on shoes and go for a hike or a run or whatever it is. Yeah. And then the sun, even though I'm more of a fall kind of a guy, the sun reminds <laughs> me to just stay warm and to stay radiant and to stay grateful with who I am, with my individuality and this existence and how I get to have such a beautiful opportunity to be in a relationship with myself and to get to know myself in a way that is just constantly revealing how magical it really is to just be in that space. We're in it. We're in it. We're in it. And be grateful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, one last thing that I want to ask you, I have two last things actually, is you mentioned digest recently and before you mentioned process and before we started recording you had a beautiful take on both of those that you have so many great takeaways so i'm happy to get this one in, in recorded format mm -hmm. but <laughs> can you explain to me i was thinking of digestion and processing being pretty much synonyms yeah. but you have a different view on them and i'd love to hear that again yeah Thank you for reminding me to bring that one up. In yeah. Because that was like right before we recorded. So I that was a good one. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. I was thinking about how I'm a very intellectual person. Like I like exploring the realms and nooks and crannies of where thought can go and how powerful it is and manifesting things and just realizing that a lot of times it can be very easy to be in a process kind of a mode, you know, like so much happens and yeah, we do need to process some of it sometimes. And for everyone, processing looks different. For me, it looks like going more introverted and maybe seeking out nature or seeking out friendships that I know can hold that container for me. Processing, like I said, it can be very different. And when things happen one after another after another, it can be easy to feel like you're in a constant state of processing and just allowing for things to just continue to reveal themselves. Mm -hmm. But I recently started thinking about the beauty of digesting some of that information because I can overwhelm myself sometimes with feeling like I still am processing something that maybe has been processed enough and now just needs to be accepted. And so mm. that accepting process is digesting it, is actually giving yourself the time to sit with that, sit with that realization, sit with that decision, to sit with that awareness that was now gained. And it allows for there to be a two-part feeling to what this processing can feel like. Because mm -hmm. if we remain in a constant state of processing, then where does that leave room for action? Because after processing for so long, at some point, this decisions need to be made. Action needs to be taken. We have to make sure that we're following through with some of these visions. And that's the action part of it. So that's the union of that masculine and feminine energy that we get in these bodies of being inspired, being creative, feeling the emotions and allowing that intuition to guide us into rightful action for what it is that needs to be done for ourselves on individual levels to nurturing that relationship that we have with ourselves. Digesting information is kind of where I'm at right now. Wow. This year has been a constant state of processing uh -huh. events after events after different things and it's right in time with the fall. It's like I'm feeling very grounded in my knowing and in my awareness that there has been so much information that has been revealed and now it's the time to sit with it, digest it, return back to the basis of who I know I am and simplifying the energies around me to be pleasurable for me to sit through this year and what's left of it and make room and space for newness to enter with the new one coming in. Mm. Mm. That actually leads me perfectly to my next question, <laughs> which is we've talked of music. We've talked of communicating, DJing, digesting a lot of practices that you do, being out in nature and 
gratitude, a lot of things that you do, what have all of these awakened within you? Or maybe even in your words, what are you digesting? We kind of talked a little bit about this of this year, if you're willing and open to share it, because the name of this podcast is called Native Awakenings. I want to yes. hear what's awakening. <laughs> there's, there's been a lot that I'm currently digesting right now and a lot that I had been processing for so long that's now coming to a point of true acceptance, which is the ultimate surrender. Because once you can accept something, regardless of your personal take on it, you're surrendering onto that which is from a bird's eye perspective happening for a reason and what's awakened from that sense and from that space is the reminder of the beauty and non-attachment and in recognizing that for a big chunk in my life i was made aware of that beautiful tool but it was presented in, in a way that was detachment and so at that time in my life, you know, in those early 20s, like I would enjoy so many things, but always remind myself, just be detached. Like, remember the, the power of detachment, like don't mm -hmm. get too attached to something, you know, mm -hmm. but that never rang true for me. It never resonated. Mm -hmm. And as of recently, after all this digesting that I've been doing and just sitting with my thoughts and allowing them to be felt in the body, what was revealed and what was awakened was non-attachment and it has a beautiful ring to it for me where it, it creates a space for there to be a gratitude for there to be an engagement an enjoyment and an acceptance of what experiences are but with knowing that non-attachment allows for there to be an acceptance in what is already one <laughs> It's all already one. So yeah. whether we're feeling like sadness right now for anything, what we're feeling that sadness for is already a part of us. You know, we can we can embrace it more in the the freedom of non-attachment as opposed to forcing ourselves to detach. I feel like non-attachment gives there a space to to sit with love and to let it be free. Wow. Does that make any sense? That makes uh, a like thinking sense. About, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, it does. I'm going to have to re-listen to that, to sit with love, to hold it, but then also to let it be free. Mm -hmm. I also like the distinction of non-attachment versus detachment. It does sound a lot more comforting to just be unattached to something. And I love that it's a very Buddhist philosophy of like none striving, none attachment, none grasping. Mm -hmm. And to see that freedom that that gives, because then if you're not reaching for it, then you're, you're, you're already comfortable with having it or, or vice versa. If it's something difficult to unattach to by being unattached to it, it sounds a lot more than like ripping it off of you, detaching right, from right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cause wow. like, I feel like sometimes, you know, on these journeys, we come across different concepts, different beliefs, different truths that can be very helpful to us in our process. We're like, wow, thank God I read that book or thank God that quote came out when I needed it or whatever it is. You know, we can find yeah. so much reflection mm -hmm. in so much that we get to experience. And in that process, I have seen that, like you said, you can't just like rip something off of you and just detach from it. It's like, <laughs> you know, like given this year, for instance, just a few things like losing a family member, you know, the, the COVID, like all of these riots and stuff that happened that we've all experienced together. The fires out here in the Northwest yeah. going through a breakup, all these different things can give off this importance to just detach. But in all reality, that's an emotional process. Like it doesn't necessarily need to just be ripped off of you and thrown away. It's like, wow, I'm still accepting what all of those realities revealed and in that i get to practice the ability to be present to be grateful and to also just let go of the expectation that you know it was meant to last forever like i'm practicing the ability to be fluid to be in the moment to be present and non-attachment i guess helps me with that currently oh wow Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your lens on that. Cause I like looking, I was going to have me meditate on it. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> My last thing is I love speaking with you cause so many beautiful topics and qualities naturally just arise. I love these sorts of conversations and I want to know as you being a, just a wonderful grounded and present person, do you have anything that I wish that I would have asked you or do you have anything sitting on your heart now that 
you really want to share with either yourself or a future version of yourself or even someone that may be listening? I think something I would love to be able to, I guess, have as like a, a tie to the conversation or uh, close to the the space that we so beautifully created together, which thank you, by the way, it's it's been nice to be in the the space to be able to share in this way. I think is just to share that for those that maybe are a little bit more quiet or would consider themselves more introverts, I've definitely have recognized I'm a lot more introverted than I thought. It might not seem like it on this podcast because I'm in really good company right now <laughs> oh, with a homie so I can talk forever. <laughs> but out in the normal world, no, I'm definitely introverted as hell. And I go back to this place where I remember the beauty of intuition and how intuition comes about. And I always remember when I was younger, I used to say that, and by younger, I mean like 10 years ago, I used to say like, oh my God, life is like a big, one big inside personal joke with yourself. Like here we are all as humans, simultaneously coexisting, getting to know each other, this, that. But at the end of the day, it's like this really personal, intimate, inside joke with yourself. Like, have you ever been, for instance, like at a grocery store and you're waiting online and you just so happen to catch something out of your peripherals over there that you see and you look around to see if anyone else noticed it and no one is looking. And you're like, whoa, that was literally just for me to see so that I can make that connection in my brain as to how that woman and what she just did right now reminded me of my childhood and made me think of my mom. Like, this is so random. Like, you can go into these deep realms just through a simple event that happens. But ultimately it's like we have these lives that we get to live where we are blessed to be able to get to know ourselves and to practice non-attachment even to ourselves because as we continue to grow we realize that a lot of what was once there to help guide us into stronger versions of ourselves did their job as far as whether they presented knowledge or companionship or text we ultimately are in a constant relationship with ourselves. And so as much as we can find so much meaning and reflection in our environment because they pose a sense of reassurance in those moments, to find the beauty in that intuition, to find the beauty in the ability to guide yourself into this journey where you get to check in with your heart, check in with your mind, check in with your body. Like, how are you feeling about this? Is this an opportunity you wanna take? Do you wanna go this way? Are you okay with where you're at? Like, you know, to be able to do that is so easy to do for a counterpart, for a partner, for a friend, where you're like, hey, are you okay today? Did you drink water? Did you eat breakfast? Like, it's for me, it's been very natural to always look to my environment and to want to be a caretaker in that sense, to care and to love people and to show up for them. Mm -hmm. But I've learned that to do that for yourself is an honor rather more so than a task or something that we have to do. Because growing up too, that was another hard part of being in New York. It was like, you gotta do everything for yourself. No one's gonna do anything for you. It's, you know, you come into this world alone, you die alone. And I was like, whoa, Whoa. like, (laughs) I don't believe all these concepts, but I'm so grateful to see that that's all shifting because for a very long time, like the collective consciousness was under the impression that you had to do everything for yourself. Like you're a one man person, you're a one man, one man, one woman show, like whatever, like you're your own thing. Mm -hmm. You have to have your own back. But in reality, I think it's, it's a lot more beautiful than that. I think we get to have our own backs in a way that can be very pleasurable and enjoyable. Not so much as a tedious task that needs to be done either way. And the more that we get to explore that relationship with ourselves, the more that we're able to show up for our friends and for our lovers and for our communities in a way that's coming from a very joyful place. And that's where we get to embrace each other's companionship, friendships, and we get to meet in that middle ground where we're showing up ourselves. So yeah, to anyone that would normally consider themselves introverts or nervous or shy, I think my loving words to anyone listening is hear that voice, enjoy the sound of that voice, know that you know you matter and know that your your voice is meant to be shared and there is nothing uncomfortable about 
communication and the more we get to practice that and the more we get to explore our own emotional depths the more that we find the joy in sharing that with others and once we get to share that with others that's where we get to see where our community is because the way that people respond and receive you is going to be a beautiful reflection of where you are in your life so keep putting yourself out there keep showing up sharing your truth and there will be lots to be grateful for later on when you look back Thank you for that. I'm going to repeat that in my own mind. And I think that's wonderful advice to those that are introverted and afraid of sharing their voice that it's okay to communicate. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Andres. Thank you, Greg. You, man. I love you so much. (laughs) Thank you. We get to have so many awesome conversations all the time that just go to these interesting places and i'm just so grateful that we get to do this for fun and just hang out and record one of them but there's the amount of reflection and beauty that i get from when i get to hang out with you usually lasts me for like a few weeks at a time like the last time we hung out yeah after walking away from that conversation i was truly digesting all of that knowledge and i felt like it lasted me for a good two weeks almost where i was just feeling all of those important downloads kind of sinking into my body and integrating and it's always a pleasure spending time with you and chatting with you so thank you oh of course thank you i was (laughs) digesting myself i was getting more in touch with my feelings with those word associations you gave me so i benefited so so much from it and i had to process and then digest the wisdom that you shared Hmm. so i love it (laughs) yeah i definitely gotta go on a hike soon for sure yes peace and love (laughs) sending out love to everyone awesome The spirit animating my body honors, values, appreciates, respects, and unconditionally loves the spirit animating your body. Aho matakweyasam. Namaste. Namaste. Sweet. So much love. So much. That was awesome.